Monday, and that so happens to be the day that I like to talk about monsters. Hello, and welcome to Monster Mondays. I'm Jeff Arbuckle, co-host of the weekly podcast Film Seizure that you can catch every Wednesday at filmseizure.com or at a number of podcast providers online. So, if you listened to last week's episode, I teased this week's feature as being one that I wanted to talk about for quite some time. This week, I'm going to be talking about Noriaki Yuasa's 1969 film Gamera vs. Garen. Uh, this is the fifth entry in the Gamera series and the fourth entry of seven that will be directed by Yuasa. Now, the only one he didn't direct was in the original series was Gamera vs. Barugan, which was the film that originally was going to feature the creature that became last week's Daimajin. Uh, but as I teased last week and said just a few minutes ago, uh, why was this one a movie that I wanted to talk about for so long? And why did it take this long to get to it? Well, to answer the second question, I had to go through the first four Gameras first before I got here. And quite frankly, an entire month of Gamera films would likely drive both myself and my listeners mad. And as for the first question, well, allow me to explain. Over a decade ago, I wanted to create an internet horror hosting show called Late Night Creature Feature, and that ultimately fell through due to a lot of things, and a hefty amount of those things, I admit, were on me. Uh, but one of those movies that I wanted to have on the show was Attack of the Monsters, which was the American international television title given to this movie when distributed over here. And in this movie is this little Japanese boy named Akio. Now, Akio is kind of a jerk kid. He calls people idiots. He thinks he knows everything. He really wants to end traffic accidents. And more on those things later. But for whatever reason, I was absolutely floored by this kid. I'm sure I saw this movie as a kid myself after all the Gamera films played just as often as the Godzilla movies did on local TV, but this kid is amazingly written. The fact that he could be so unlikable and so annoyingly altruistic about what these aliens he encounters could have as a society that we should also have is just absolutely dumbfounding. I have never forgotten this movie. Now, of course, this was one of the five movies in the series that Mystery Science Theater 3000 riffed back in the 90s, with actually another one coming this new season, streaming in their self-developed Gizmoplex site and app. But uh, this movie stuck with me when I was able to watch those Gamera episodes as well later on. However, this movie would be the example I would use when I pitched the idea for Monster Mondays to my Film Seizure co-founder, Jason Oliver. I talked about how I wanted this positive show that would talk about good and bad monster movies at the same level of excitement and appreciation. And I told him about how this movie in particular has this kid who is so bad, so jerkish, and so full of himself that the only reaction you can have to him is to love him for all the really stupid stuff he says and does in this movie. And Jason just looked at me and said that I pretty much got my format right there. And yes, this movie is very bad. This is probably the worst of the early Gamera films. Uh, it's got a slashed budget. Um, so much so that it wanted to have a third creature that would um, not appear in the title, but he would show up to uh, kind of show off how Garen fights 
So they just took the old uh, Gauss costume from a previous movie and spray painted it uh, silver and named him Space Gauss. Uh, the movie's English dub uh, keeps referring to planets as stars. Uh, either that is atrocious translation or there's something about the Japanese word for planet or star that could also mean the other thing or a planetary system or a star system or something. Okay, sure. You would have to uh, go to a different star in the galaxy in the hopes of finding another planet that has life on it. Sure, sure. I agree with that idea. But this movie clearly uses the word star when it means planet. And there's a whole array of things that are wrong about this movie. Yet... This is something of a charming train wreck. Since the Gamera films have focused heavily on kid characters, it makes a lot of sense that this movie would continue to follow lead child characters. Uh, it just so happens that our lead in this is Akio. Uh, but yeah, I don't deny this is a terrible movie, but it's one of those terrible movies that are the perfect kind of terrible to watch and have fun with. Now, one of the great things about the more recent Arrow Films release of the Gamera Films is that you can actually watch this movie with the American International Television dub. And that means we're going to hear some very confusing dialogue about stars and planets. So right out of the gate, there's a conversation about stars in the universe and whatnot and how a star is now in trouble and that means that we're about to get a message from outer space. And sure enough, there's been some space waves that have been picked up by our earthbound radio dishes. But scientists aren't so sure what it could be because, as they say, it would take a million years with current 1969 tech to get to the closest star to even find out if there's even inhabitable planets there. And now we meet Akio, his little sister, Tomoko, and his friend, Tom. Uh, they spy a spaceship through Akio's telescope, and they try to tell Akio's mother about what they saw, but she just tells them that they must have imagined it. Akio wants to think that whatever these, uh, wherever these uh, space waves were coming from, it must be a great place where there are no more wars and no more traffic accidents. There are goofballs all over the place in this town where Akio and Tom live. On top of that, there's a bike cop or a policeman who rides a bike who uh, pretends to be a samurai during his break times. And when Tomoko calls the policeman by his actual first name, Akio calls her an idiot. Now get used to all this talk about no more wars, traffic accidents, and being called an idiot. It happens a not insignificant number of times in this movie. Uh, the next time he calls his little sister an, an idiot happens when she chases after a rabbit near where the spaceship landed. But alas, they do find the spaceship, and when Tomoko doesn't want to go inside this ship, Akio then calls her dumb for being a scaredy cat. I'm getting the feeling that Akio is a bad brother. But he and Tom decide to fuck about with the controls on the spaceship and they launch and fly off into space. And Akio wants Tom to answer for messing around with the controls that put him in this situation. But Tom, rightfully, says that Akio ordered him to fuck about with the controls. And Akio kind of accepts that because, yeah, you did. But anyway, they almost run into some meteorites, but Gamera shows up to save them and escort the kids along on their journey. But at this point, 
the kids begin to ponder how fast Gamera is flying in space. Now, Tom says, oh, it's surely Mach 3. But Akio says, no. He thinks it's deceptive out in space to see how fast things are going. So he calculates that Gamera is going Mach 33. And at Mach 60, he thinks that Gamera would leave the solar system. What? How, how does he know what Mach anything looks like? Uh, I mean, how did he figure that Mach 60 is the magic number to leave the solar system? Oh, whatever. Japanese kids are apparently hella smart. So Gamera starts getting a little cagey and he thinks something is up and he wants to try to stop the kids, but can't. Uh, in fact, they figure out that the spaceship is being remote controlled and it is actually speeding up and speeding away from Gamera. Meanwhile, back on Earth, Tomoko tells her mom that Akio and Tom got into a flying saucer and took off, but her mother says to stop lying or she won't get into a good school. Harsh. But anyway, back with Akio and Tom, they land on a distant planet, and they realize the air is breathable, but it is not Earth. They must have found themselves a new star, just like how Earth is a star. Now, I figure that Akio might be a bad brother. I also am getting the feeling that he might just be a dummy. Because again, planets are not stars. You cannot land on a star. You just can't do it, Akio. What are you talking about here? But enough of that. Because Space guy, space Gauss shows up and starts blasting stuff. Now, Gauss is the bat creature that was seen in a previous uh, Gamera film. But in here, of course, they spray painted his suit to look silver so that he could be a space version of gauss but um then he uh, the land-based monster garen comes out to take on this otherworldly gauss now uh, garen is basically a four-legged lizard creature that has a literal knife for a head oh and it also has ninja stars in its knife on its head that he can shoot at enemies don't worry about it. It all makes sense in this world. But uh, Garen lays waste to Space Gauss pretty quickly. He reflects a laser bolt from the bat creature and it slices off one of Space Gauss' legs. SG then tries an aerial attack, but Garen slices one of his wings off, and then the other, and then his head. As Space Gauss slowly dies, Garen actually laughs and starts slicing his rival into pieces like pepperonis. And after Garen returns to his underground home, uh, Akio and Tom keep looking around and enter into a building. And Akio tells Tom to call for someone because they figure someone has to be home. After all, they hear activity inside this place. So Tom begins yelling and asks for the aliens to respond. Akio, this little goofus that he is, after telling Tom to call out for someone to get their attention tells Tom that he's an idiot because of course aliens wouldn't understand earthling languages. Dude, you told Tom to stick his neck out to call for whoever might be in this bunker. But of course, there are aliens here. In fact, they are two hot Japanese lady aliens in sparkly spandex suits. The two women set up a way to communicate, and the kids find out from the women that they are on a planet called Terra. Now, Terra is on the opposite side of the sun from Earth, and the two twin planets are locked in an orbit where they can never see each other. 
These two girls are named Barbella and Florbella. Akio is excited because he knew there had to be a star somewhere that was so advanced that there was no more wars and, of course, no more traffic accidents. And I'd like to think Barbella and Florbella just rolled their eyes at this kid who doesn't know the difference between a star and a planet. So, what's the story with Terra anyway? Well, they used to have a great city, uh, but monsters destroyed it. Uh, Garen apparently protects the planet from all these damn space guys, gauses, yeah, whatever. And all these space gals, guys, anyway, uh, that keep flying around. But Barbella and Florbella are the planets, or I mean the stars, only two remaining humans. They did indeed send the ship, but I guess they didn't intend for two little boys to get in and come to this planet, Terra. Now, through probing the two boys' minds, the girls learn of Gamera and the big guy's affinity for children, and the two space babes decide that they want to also gobble the kids' brains. They literally say that they will gobble their brains. The dialogue in this movie is amazing. Now, back on Earth, Tomoko is still trying to find someone to believe her that her brother and Tom flew off in the spaceship. Even Tom's mom doesn't believe her either, but that bike cop who thinks he's a samurai is giving her the benefit of the doubt. And Tom's mom basically scolds the cop and tells him that he's a dumb dumb for believing her. I mean, and like I said, she basically scolds him saying something to the effect that it's psychologically wrong of him to believe everything little kids say. That is insane to me that, that there would be that kind of scolding happening between uh, uh, well, in this case, Tom's mom's a white lady. Tom's a white boy. Uh, so she's this foreign person in this country scolding their police. It's crazy, but whatever. On Terra, Gamera does show up finally and realizing that the big turtle dude is going to ruin their dinner of little boy brains, they have to sick Garen on him. Well, I should put it like this. Gamera shows up. The space babes try shooting him with a missile, a single missile. They either miss or he dodges it, and they decide immediately that they have to get Garen out. As is the case with almost every Gamera movie that deals with another monster, Gamera's first battle with the foe goes horribly wrong. Every one of these Gamera versus movies ends with him being uh, bleeding terribly and being pretty close to the point of death after the first fight. And that's the case here. Garen shoots ninja stars at Gamera, cuts him up pretty bad, and even messes up his eyes to the point that Gamera has to get Terra Snow from the ground to soothe his injuries. And at one point, the big lug falls into the water and gets stuck on his back. Barbella and Florbella believe that, well, Gamera must be dead. Now, did I mention that the space babes went so far with Akio to shave his head and actually seemingly began cutting into his skull? Yeah, they did that before Gamera arrived. Now, Tom discovers that the girls are cannibals, though I do believe that the first time he actually tells Akio that they're cannibals, I think he actually says they are carnivals, 
but whatever. Uh, the girls go to fix the spaceship because Gamera managed to damage it, and the boys escape but are recaptured. And on their next escape attempt, the boys release Garen, who approaches the spaceship the babes are in, and they plan to escape to Earth to get away from the monster. But Garen leaps up and slices the spaceship in half with his knife head. Now, you'd think that this might have killed the space babes, but no. Barbella is just simply injured, and Florbella, who is much more, uh, much healthier in this uh, situation, shoots her sister like a lame horse. Now, Gamera wakes up and tries to get off of his shell, but it's not until he's smashed in the face by a rock that fell over when Garen was stomping around on land that he's able to get back up and decides to go back to war. And the two monsters do battle. Gamera blows some fire breath onto Garen. Garen tries to slice Gamera up, but Gamera is able to jump out of the way and starts jumping and stomping on Garen. Now, when you think that Garen does the uh, does a thing that causes Gamera to fly off of him, uh, our big turtle hero is able to use a curiously placed high bar between two rocks uh, to do a little gymnastic spinny spin and a perfect 10.0 dismount. Now, Garen gets a uh, momentary upper hand by sticking Gamera with his ninja stars from his knife head that prevents Gamera from retracting his limbs. And Gamera ends up uh, winning by basically flying Garen up into the sky and then comes back down and sticks him into the ground knife head first. And the boys figure out how to fire the missiles that are on this planet and shoots one that is actually caught by Gamera and another one that goes and blows up the control center where Florbella is. And Gamera tosses the missile at Garen and he blows up. And Gamera fixes the spaceship that was cut in half by Garen by welding it back together with his heat breath. He then sticks the spaceship in his mouth with the kids inside and flies back to Earth. Now, I guess at least they didn't try to make us believe that the kids would have been would have survived space by being carried back in Gamera's hand or something. So I do give the movie that. All right. So I have my three things I need to try to account for with Gamera versus Garen. If I'm being honest, I would just say pick any three things from this movie. And that's my three things I like about Gamera versus Garen. Um, if you like goofy, bad movies, this is one for you. Admittedly, there is a tiny bit of a drag around the one hour mark before Gamera gets back up for another round of fighting with Garen, but uh, it's uh, utterly wild. Um, my first official like to point out is the Hansel and Gretel style story that this really is. Two kids get lured into a spaceship that takes them to a place where they are selected to be eaten. Um, because this movie basically takes place between a couple of indoor sets and one outdoor set, yes, it's cheap, but you know what? It doesn't really matter. This movie does actually a little, uh, little more than you might expect with that Hansel and Gretel premise. And that's because uh, Akio and Tom are bonkers characters, and that's my second like. Tom is kind of a doofus who is just kind of along for the ride, but Akio is amazingly, aggressively unlikable. He tells you to do stuff like when he told Tom to go find out who's in the big Terra base. Then he'll tell you you're an idiot when you do what he says and calls out for someone in your Earth language. It's like he either is the laziest kid on the planet or he just wants to boss Tom and Tomoka around, or 
uh, he just likes to be in charge. And when something doesn't go right, he can blame the other guy for being dumb. Then whenever the boys hear something from one of the space babes, Akio is always quick to say that he always conjectured there was something like that going on in the universe or with science or whatever. Uh, the little twerp is a know-it-all, and you just want to pants him and throw him into a locker. Now, Akio is so full of himself and so self-righteous and so sure of his own knowledge of things, I suspect he'll do fine in the business world when he grows up. Now, finally, we got to talk about what Akio finds to be the height of civilization. No more wars, no more accidents. Now, I get the no more wars part. It's long been believed that if any otherworldly visitors were to come all the way to Earth and reveal themselves to us, they would likely be benevolent. Sure, there's always the possibility that there are conquerors out there. However, it's highly believed that violent civilizations uh, would have some aspirations to up their technology, but that would be mostly in service of the war machine to conquer something. Um, they tend not to be bigger thinkers. Uh, they would you know, conquer next door, but wouldn't be able to get much further. So when you do stop killing your neighbors and taking over land and so forth, you tend to start using that energy for exploration and advancement. Some of the most advanced countries, at least in terms of reallocating funds away from defense budgets, use those resources for their citizens. And that's why it typically means that if somebody advances themselves really far to the point of interstellar travel, they wouldn't be going planet to planet to try to conquer things. They wouldn't necessarily get very far because, quite frankly, they would probably end up uh, losing very quickly or at least running out of resources to continuously planet jump, conquering additional civilizations. But accidents? <laughs> Were the late 60s particularly bad for traffic accidents in Japan? Was this movie partially funded by the Japanese governmental body that is, you know, that's basically like our Department of Transportation here in the United States? Yes, accidents are terrible. Yes, it's a great loss of life out there on the roads every day. But holy cow, accidents are just that, accidents. You intend to go to war. You do not leave your house to go to work one morning and intend to get in, in, the, in a car accident. Bad stuff can happen at any time. You could be the happiest person on the planet and then all of a sudden you have a heart attack and you die. And what happens if you have a heart attack while you're driving? You could end up killing somebody and you survive, but you couldn't control that. It's tragic, but those things happen. That would also, you know, I mean, these things are all accidents. I actually have a theory about this when it comes to this movie. We never see Akio and Tomoko's father, and I think he got killed in a traffic accident, and it messed up Akio something awful. He's never processed his father's death, so it indicates to him that traffic accidents occurring is an affront to civilized life. How can we be civilized with people driving into each other all the time? In fact, we don't even see Tom's father either. I would say that he might have also been involved in the same traffic accident. But let's be serious. I'm pretty sure Tom's mom poisoned his dad to in inherit his rather large savings account. That's why she's able to tell the samurai bike cop uh, that he's ethically corrupt, believing children, and she's not hauled off to jail for being a jerk. She's a rich white lady after, the, you know, and after that mess with Tom's dad suddenly dying in the prime of his life. But I digress. 
That wraps up this week's Monster Mondays. You can catch new episodes of Monster Mondays each Monday at FilmSeizure.com. And don't forget to follow Film Seizure at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to Film Seizure to get both the Film Seizure podcast and Monster Mondays at your favorite podcast providers, as well as YouTube. You can also check out my website, bmovieanima.com, to read new articles every Friday morning. I admit this movie is a fun one, a nice, easy, breezy, cheesy Gamera movie with a kid that you just want to slap. And I wanted to make sure that we did get a nicer feeling one in before we get a lot darker and a lot more serious next Monday with 2016's Japanese Academy Award winning best picture, Shin Godzilla. So until next week, stay spooky.